Hello and welcome back to Kyle's Internal Monologue. In this episode we're going to be covering the Babylon 5 Season 3 episode, Sick Transit Veer. So this episode is really a breather episode. Uh, so we had that big massive arc that literally changed everything. And then we had the, the aftermath episode with clean up and stuff. With some funny elements but still pretty heavy. And uh, it was it was kind of dealing with all the aftermath of you know breaking away from Earth, all that jazz, uh, the Night Watch still being around, still being a potential threat, and now we have a very 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 lighthearted episode that is about romance and kindheartedness, and it's just something to really uh, get you get you the smile and be happy, and much like Ivanova. Uh, stop dwelling on all the darkness and the uncertainty of the future and start looking towards what you can do to make that future potentially brighter. And uh, so this episode, uh, you know, not a whole lot to it. It's it, it, it's fun. Uh, and it does take a very dark turn at the very end. But uh, overall, uh, you know, it is just here for fluff and fun. And it's really here to let us breathe. Uh, for a minute. So there's really two stories to this, you know, the Dolin and Sheridan romance and then the uh, and then the Veer stuff with his new fiance Lindesty. Um, the Veer stuff is obviously more substantial because it's the A plot. Um, so it's the, the thing with Veer is that, uh, you know, he, he's been away. Uh, and if you notice, Londo um, has been sort of, uh, pushing him away, because I, I mentioned this before, that it was kind of, uh, that, that he knows things are going to get darker and darker and darker, and he wants to preserve the way Veer is, uh, he doesn't want to see him, you know, sort of, uh, clouded by all the stuff that's about to happen, and, uh, now that Veer is back, uh, Londo uh, now has to deal with Veer again, and if you notice, Londo has been kind of uh, sort of uh, bringing in that full-on uh, Centauri Conqueror uh, mindset, that uh, rhetoric, that mask that he wears, and we see that, that is it is it something that Londo actually believes in? Uh, I doubt it, but there's 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 always some truth in there. Um, he does legitimately believe that his people are destined for something great. Uh, I don't believe he believes in the butchering of millions. Uh, and, uh, you know, even though potentially he used to, uh, I think he saw the ramifications of that, uh, something I talked about before. And uh, he's constantly preaching to Veer about uh, fitting in, uh, you know, of uh, when, when it's believed that Veer is the one that killed the Narns instead of uh, helping free them, uh, that uh, uh, he was like, you did a good job. And when it's when it's like becomes public knowledge that uh, Veer uh, did not, in fact, kill these Narns, he's, he'd actually been taking them off of labor camps on Narn. Uh, and they were, they were being horribly mistreated and getting them medical attention and then securing them to other worlds or to Babylon 5 itself to see safe passage and sort of get, get out of uh, the tyranny of the Centauri. Uh, Londo sort of gives this entire rhetoric work about what being a true Centauri is. And uh, it 
it, it, there's a question there. Does Londo believe what he's saying, or is he saying it for the benefit of Veer? Of this is how you have to act to fit in, much like how I'm having to act. There's a question there. Um, I honestly think that it is a combination. I think uh, I think Londo uh, believes it to a certain extent, but he's not full gun ho. Obviously, uh, as we've seen his past behavior show. Uh, and I think he is trying, knowing that Vera is, you know, going to be in a potentially hot spot, that he needs to start bucking up and acting like the quote unquote true Centauri if he wants to survive. Because as we know, Centauri culture uh, is very cutthroat, it's very backstabby. Uh, hell, their marriages, which is brought up again in this episode, is all about rank and status and power. It's not about love, it's not about anything else. And that provides a nice little segue into Lindesty on in the situation there, uh, is that as being the the the, the Centauri uh, liaison to uh, to the Mimbari to Mimbar, uh, Veer is seen as a status symbol, uh, and uh, and also the personal assistant to uh, you know the uh, uh, to to the 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 Centauri ambassador to Babylon Five, which has recently become such a major and important role, where before it was a laughing stock. Uh, a family arranges a marriage uh, to Veer, to this woman, and Veer, uh, he's he's far too innocent for his own good. Um, you know, uh, he's very much like me in a way. Um, uh, he he's he's incredibly smart, but his social awkwardness and uh, and uh, naivete when it comes to the way social things go down in the way people interact causes him to seem like a buffoon where he's actually not so uh you look at the way he interacts with Lindesty, you know he talks about how he wants to fall in love he doesn't he wants a marriage that is about love and this is something that was brought up way back in season one uh in that episode with uh, my shoes are too tight if you remember but uh that 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 entire episode was all about how a centauri marriage works and uh as we see Lindesty is full-blown as as londo would say later in the episode a true centauri that she doesn't care she she even is like do you love me now how long is it going to take you you know um it, it's very very much like okay i'm willing to deal with this guy because he's going to give me some sort of important thing but i have like what is this love that has no reason uh to be in this is a contractual agreement not a um love agreement it is very very cold look at love and we see as he slowly falls for Lindesty because uh, no one's ever shown him that kind of affection before and so the slightest bit of affection from her even no matter if it is false or uh a bit over the top as uh, as though she's trying to intentionally get him to fall for her as soon as possible uh that uh you know he just falls in complete lust as i would call it or puppy love some people call it or the honeymoon phase it depends who you ask uh he's not really in love with her he's just kind of in love with the idea of her uh so uh you see that when the way she, he interacts with her and the, the way like he reacts to her kiss stuff like that it's very clear that this is this is a puppy dog t type love a lust if you were, and that is all but gone 
uh, you know, when the big twist happens, which is that she uh, is, is kidnaps a Narn and uh, and tortures him and, and basically begs uh, Veer to kill him. And basically this is a gift, it's a terrifying gift, a horrifying gift, just absolutely disgusting. And we, you know, she, we, we come to find out that her father was part of the, uh, part of, uh, part of the, the retakeover of Narn. And he was part of population control. And they would weed out bad apples in the Narn population. Anybody that was, uh, sort of, uh, uh, s sort of prone to violence, according to them. And they would cull them. They would. They treated the Narns as no more than cattle, uh, and they would. They would do, literally just kill them because they thought they w could get away. Not only get away with it, but also because they genuinely believed they were doing the right thing, culling the herd, ensuring the survival of the rest of the species by getting rid of the bad stock, effectively cutting out the cancer. I, and she talks about how. Oh, her dad wasn't mean about it. Sometimes he would kill entire villages, but he would do it humanely, you know. He would only gas them. And she sort of revels in that sort of superiority of they never asked for us to be superior. We simply were. And it shows just how casually racist this entire society is and how corrupt that society is and how backwards thinking it is and how Londo's actions in the past two seasons has led to the rise of these types of Centauri. The Centauri used to be a laughingstock. Now they're feared again. And the, the, the Centauris that were feared, you know, you know, hundreds of years ago, the, the great lion of the galaxy, uh, you know, were the, these people, these sycophants and uh the, the the psychopaths and the racists and the bigots the people who thought they were superior and subjugated all other races simply because they thought they were doing the right thing it's horrifying to think about uh and and i like the allegory of of londo dealing with the bug uh and and, and talking about how superior he is uh, not only is it hilarious, but there's an allegory there about how, uh, you know, one simple thing, uh, you know, will drive, uh, drive the Centauri up the wall, basically, drive, uh, drive a, a being or a nation or what have you that believes it's superior, uh, up the wall, and they want to prove their superiority, uh, and... That's what we deal with here, and Veer obviously doesn't believe that, uh, and he's continued to be stuck in a corner of not knowing what to do, and then he now uh, figures out what he has to do, and he becomes uh, Abraham Laconi, who uh, is, uh, you know, obviously Abraham Lincoln, uh, he, he's a Centauri that approves the, 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 the mass deportation of these Narns that get them away, and all that jazz, and then Ivanova ends up taking up that role. 
giving her something to do. And her dreams that she mentioned, the sort of small plot about her, you know, her, the dream that she has that begins this episode of her walking in naked, it's very clear what that is. Sheridan even calls this out. She's unsure of where she's supposed to be. The future is dark and uncertain, and uh, no one can be the judge of what's going to happen, and no one knows where anybody fits anymore. They're having to figure this out as they go along. Ivanova, as I've mentioned so many times, is the kind of person that has to be in control, that has to know where she's going, so that she can make sure the best outcome will happen. And so, this is a way for her to not have an outcome that is good for once. It's to take over the, the railroad, the underground railroad of Narns, to get them to safety. Then the other side of the plot uh, is the Sheridan and Delenn romance. Uh, Sheridan finally asks Delenn out on a date. Uh, and he's learned how to cook Mimbari Florin, and it's hilarious that, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, she never, she never says anything about how bad it tastes, it's clear that she doesn't like the taste, but she lies, lies to save face, much like all Mimbari do, uh, and, uh, it shows that she deeply cares about him because she did that, and, uh, says it's good. And their interactions are incredibly cute, just absolutely cute throughout this entire episode. Um, and of course, we get the classic, you know, kiss interrupted uh, uh, scene, uh, but I think it's played well. Uh, and uh, their, their flirting is absolutely adorable. Uh, you know, uh, the, the way they, 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 they banter back and forth, it's brilliant. Um, as I said, they're one of my favorite couples. And I just enjoy how you have a romance that has been subtly been hinted at and grown over the course of uh, almost two seasons. And and we've seen them grow and, uh, and develop feelings for each other. And they're so deeply in love and they're just now exploring that side of the relationship. And meanwhile, you have Veer and Lindesty, who are who've just met, just trying now develop feelings, uh, and it, it's the puppy dog love kind of thing, the lust, uh, and it's not real. And you also have a romance that is sweet and innocent and nice, and uh, and is truly that. And then you have one that looks sweet. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say innocent because it is a, an arranged marriage and there, there's all those sort of tra traditional hiccups of that and then it turns really, really dark. Um, so it is a nice little fluff episode. It gets a lot of laughs. It's a lot of fun to watch, uh, but I wouldn't say it's a particularly amazing episode. It's just a, yeah, it's an all right episode. Um, and I'll see you next time. Until then, bye. Bye.